Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1881. How to Unlock Rigid, Stiff Movement with Self-Regulation by Dr. Seth Oberst with fitforreallife.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, welcome back to Optimal Health Daily or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is the podcast where I act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. And so with that, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. How to Unlock Rigid, Stiff Movement with Self-Regulation by Dr. Seth Oberst with fitforreallife.com. As a physical therapist, many of the clients who come to see me are unable to see reality as it is. They perceive the environment as the controller of their behavior, and they are reactive and unable to cope with life's demands. They want to be able to move fluidly and efficiently as they did during childhood, but are unsure how they've lost this ability and how to get it back. What they're looking for, though they may not know it, is the ability to self-regulate. Self-regulation is the ability to inhibit one's automatic compulsive response, reinforced by the immediate environment. In other words, it's our ability to inhibit a conditioned habit that enables people to have options, a choice, in how they move and behave. Normal, self-regulated behavior involves balance in which the autonomic nervous system rests primarily in the parasympathetic rest and digest state, with quick forays into the sympathetic fight-or-flight stage when necessary, such as in the middle of physical training competition, short-term concentration, and obviously, a bear attack. The ability to inhibit unnecessary or excessive muscular tension is a true marker of self-regulation. How do you lose self-regulation? It's become quite apparent to me that so many people have lost their ability to self-regulate, particularly in regards to movement. They become one-trick ponies in which they use the same habitual muscular and mechanical patterns to move. Why is this the case? Well, with repeated stressors, think threats, that our brain determines we can't handle by using untested behaviors, we revert to more primitive known movements like breathing shallowly, tightening our joints, and overextending our spines. As I wrote in my previous post for Fit for Real Life, humans are unique in that we can mentally simulate the future and thus instate a stress response without an actual present threat. With such stress over time, we begin to predict more and more inputs as threatening and thus are more reactive to the environment rather than being active participants in it. We are moving without internal awareness, without choice. 
evaluating yourself for lost movement self-regulation. Often, people who are unable to self-regulate their movement move quite rigidly and lack the ability to move in all three cardinal planes of motion. These individuals use the same amount of tension for a bodyweight squat as they do for a one rep max back squat. They don't allow their spines to flex and often move in blocks rather than fluidly. This is a lack of variability likely due to overexcitation. The person is unable to inhibit or relax competing movement pathways in the brain. They've lost self-regulation. This is typically evident when movements feel highly effortful with lots of internal resistance. A task feels harder than it should. Often we feel a sense of fatigue long before the muscles themselves are fatigued. This is likely because the brain is experiencing a higher than necessary amount of excitation and determines that continued excitation may exhaust resources or otherwise damage the body. People who feel tight or locked up are often lacking the ability to regulate the amount of tension they are using because they know of no other way. In The Potent Self, Feldenkrais put it this way, quote, In the long run, the pattern becomes habitual, semi-automatic, and familiar to the point of being considered as one's own nature, but only at the expense of strain and nervous exhaustion, end quote. Physiologically, there are numerous variables that can indicate a loss of self-regulation, including a reduction in heart rate variability, changes in brainwave frequency or amplitude, high galvanic skin response, and even some forms of high blood pressure. All of these variables, which are outside the scope of this discussion, indicate an autonomic nervous system that is dysregulated, excessively sympathetic, and outside of our control, whether directly or indirectly how you can regain lost self-regulation. I think science will continue to demonstrate that we have much greater control over our own nervous system than we've been led to believe. Here are a few ways in which we can regain self-regulation of our movement systems. Play and exploratory movements. From a motor learning perspective, our brains are designed to move us through and interact with the surrounding environment. Using our body helps us learn more quickly. The more sensory inputs that people experience through free play and free movement, the better they understand this interaction. Kids who move well and move often throughout development have accelerated cognitive abilities and improved academic performance. With adults, it's no different, whether it's improved work performance or improved cognition. Just because you aren't a kid anymore doesn't mean you can't play and learn to move. Don't be a rigid caricature of a human. Slow movements. Moving slowly and with minimal muscular tension has several benefits. One, moving slowly increases the time allowed for the brain to process sensory information, how the floor feels, where the joints are in space, etc. This helps us because the brain makes movement decisions based on the sensory information it perceives. So, more sensory information may allow for better movement choices. Two, moving slowly lowers the threat of the movement because the brain has time to allow access to ranges of motion and may otherwise feel unsafe in. This is why you slowly lower into the splits rather than dropping into them off a plyo box. Three, moving slowly also improves self-awareness, which allows us to disrupt our habitual, compulsive movement patterns that are the bane of self-regulation. Awareness itself is an agent of change. And four, the increased attentional focus of a slowed movement may allow the brain to more accurately interpret the movement feedback and maintain a healthy body map within the cortex. Furthermore, 
This allows for inhibition of unwanted motor pathways in the nervous system, which gives us improved self-regulation. In other words, only recruiting the muscles we need. This system of slow, controlled movements with minimal tension is a principle of the Feldenkrais method, which you can read more about in his book, Awareness Through Movement. Non-attachment. Emotional states are constituted in part by how our body feels, and with stressors which confer a high emotional tone to the situation, we associate emotions with bodily patterns. Those with high self-regulation are able to dissociate their emotional states from body patterns, which allows a greater sense of ease and efficiency with movement, as our perceptions are not colored by our expectations and emotions. For instance, I will move very differently if I'm nervous about injuring my back because a doctor once told me I could hurt my discs if I round my back, versus exploring the movements from a place of security without labeling and judging how it feels. Kate has an excellent review on the book Dissolving Chronic Pain, which teaches how to modulate one's own attentional focus, which helps self-regulate our focus and corresponding muscular tension. These are excellent places to begin improving your movement self-regulation, and there are many more paths to self-regulation. But regardless of how we regain it, without the ability to control one's own movement, there's a ceiling on our experiences and performance. You just listened to the post titled, How to Unlock Rigid, Stiff Movement with Self-Regulation by Dr. Seth Oberst with fitforreallife.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I actually hired a personal trainer recently. Sounds weird at first, right? I mean, I'm a certified exercise physiologist, and yet I hired someone else to help me. Well, I've been working out alone in my garage gym for a while now, and I felt like I was getting sloppy with my movements, especially some of the more complicated ones, like the deadlift and performing a snatch. So, I wanted to reduce my chances of injuring myself and reconnect with each movement. I wanted to have another trained professional watch me so that I can incorporate perfect practice. Okay, so what does this all have to do with today's article, you might ask? Well, guess what my trainer had me do to reconnect with these complicated moves? Slow down and self-regulate. We broke each movement down to smaller components and made sure that I remastered all of those tiny components. To do that, I performed each move slowly and deliberately at first, with no weight. Then, we added a little bit of weight and explosiveness to the exercise. We added more speed. 
So today's author, Dr. Oberst, was right on. And now, when we really think about it, me hiring another trainer hopefully doesn't sound so weird. All right, that'll do it for me for today. I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing the show with someone. And I'll be back here tomorrow as usual. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.